0: (laughs) it's an early morning at at 8am got a hot mic nobody say anything career ending I'll do my best to not to Morning and welcome. It is to the, a morning. Welcome to the Pontification Podcast, episode two. Episode. We have two episodes. Yeah, after this, we will. after the, well. Let's <laughs> yeah. Let's not jump the gun. Something something meteoric could happen. Well, let's hope yeah. not. so
1: Other than episode two of the Pontification Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, yeah. So, plan for today. Well, we don't have a plan. That's the first thing you want to know about well, us. Yes. Yes, but if you're we st- new around here. <laughs> that is that is that is something you're gonna want to know. Should we start with uh, diving into twelve rules for life? Or are there any reflections from last last time's episode that you think are good uh, review? I don't
1: know. I don't think so. I think we just continue to have great conversation. That's mm-hmm. Basically, what we want to do. All right. Well, where
0: exactly? I think the last thing you had talked about was is Hundreds of millions of people
1: were murdered in the name of Utopia. That's right. I think that is where we left off. Which that's a, that's a memorable place to leave off. It is. I, I, I kind of had a, a wow moment on that one, yeah. I think. And I think, okay, that's actually it's really interesting that Peterson is and he'll talk about this a little bit more later but he's obsessed with the 20th century because it, it it's an unprecedented century in and of itself. And I mm-hmm. think that's I think that's fascinating. That You and I were living in an unprecedented time, uh, which is not something that many people can say. Anyway, um, so Dr. Deutsch, our good friend Dr. (laughs) Deutsch, Norman, how are you? That it took getting used to this semi-haunted house decorated by a delusion that he had practically destroyed, that had practically destroyed mankind. But it was eased by his wonderful and unique spouse, Tammy, who was all in, who embraced and encouraged this unusual need for expression. These paintings provided a visitor with the first window onto the full extent of Jordan's concern about our human capacity for evil in the name of good, and the psychological mystery of self-deception. How can a person deceive himself and get away with it? An interest we share. And then there were also the hours we spend discussing what I might call a lesser problem. Lesser because rarer. The human capacity for evil for the sake of evil, the joy some people take in destroying others, captured famously by the 17th century English poet John Milton in Paradise Lost. I just want to pause and say, self-deception is fascinating to me as well. It's also probably the single most... I was actually with... In a conversation that I had last night Mm -hmm. with an older uh, friend of mine, he asked me, what sort of person absolutely can you not stand? He said, what sort of person just absolutely drives you insane and i said a person who lies to themselves yeah um and that's that's a book that's something that jordan peterson will go to in detail and i think to some degree my distaste for people like that comes from
0: this book right but i just absolutely cannot stand someone who is dishonest with themselves one of my favorite movies all time and i think Mm. one of the greatest movies ever is the godfather Mm. um have you seen seen i have yet to see it okay to see it one of my favorite things about that movie is the contrast between, and this happens in a lot of mafia mm. movies, but yep. the contrast between um, the the evil that those men do mm. and the religion that they claim to uphold, yes. because they're typically very Catholic, and there'll be scenes of baptism and, yes. and Eucharist and this yes. kind of thing, uh, and and these people don't see themselves as bad people. Mm-hmm. They see themselves as just doing business, Which is, and that self-deception, I think, is fascinating, and it makes me wonder what what blind spots do I have yeah. in my own life?
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: And I think it'll be interesting to look at Proverbs, just kind of thinking ahead <laughs> to chapter one, uh, the warning against walking with wicked and evil men. Um, mm. And I and because there's that
1: possibility for, or at the very least, you're not going to get an accurate representation of yourself, and you may even get one that is intentionally skewed. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that is that is a very significant theme in this book. Um, because I think that is something that Peterson takes very seriously.
0: I look, for, I look forward to diving into that. Yeah. And so we,
1: uh, Dr. Norman and Dr. Peterson, would chat and have our tea in his kitchen underworld, walled by this odd art collection, a visual marker of his earnest quest to move beyond simplistic ideology, left or right, and not repeat mistakes of the past. After a while, there was nothing peculiar about taking tea in the kitchen, discussing family issues, one's latest reading with these ominous pictures hovering overhead. It was just living living, and the world as it was, or in some places, is. In Jordan's first and only book before this one, Maps of Meaning, he shares his profound insights into the universal themes of world mythology and explains how all cultures have created stories to help us grapple with and ultimately map the chaos into which we are thrown at birth. This chaos is everything that is unknown to us and, and any unexplored territory that we must traverse be it in the world outside or the psyche within. Combining evolution, the neuroscience of emotion, some of the best of Jung, some of Freud, some of much of the great works of Nietzsche, Dostoevsky, Solzhenitsyn, Eliade, Newman, Piaget. Mm. Mm. Who is that? Piaget. Yeah, uh, Piaget, I think. Piaget. Fry and Frankel, Maps of Meaning published nearly two decades ago, shows Jordan's wide-ranging approach to understanding how human beings and the human brain deal with the archetypal situations that arise whenever we in our daily lives must face something that we do not understand. The brilliance of the book is in his demonstration of how rooted this situation is in evolution, our DNA, our brains, and our most ancient stories and he shows that these stories have survived because they still provide guidance in dealing with uncertainty and the unavoidable unknown. One of the many virtues of the book you are reading now is that it provides an entry point into Maps of Meaning, which is a highly complex work because Jordan was working out of his approach to psychology as he wrote it. But it was foundational, because no matter how different our genes or life experiences may be, or how differently our plastic brains are wired by our experience, we all have to deal with the unknown. And we all attempt to move from chaos to order. And this is why many of the rules in this book, being based on maps of meaning, have an element of universality to them. And I I may want to read that book at some point. Mm, yeah. I mean, what he says about it being a complex work, because Jordan was working it from a psychological right. standpoint, sort of scares me to some degree. Because this book actually is relatively complex at points.
0: But... It's interesting that that phrase uh, "moving from chaos to order." Hmm. It reminds me of Robert Frost's definition of poetry. Really? Yeah. Was it? Uh, well, what Robert Frost defined poetry as is uh, a momentary stay against confusion. Interesting. Which is one of my favorite phrases, especially in regards to poetry. Um, Fascinating. And so his his particular understanding of poetry was that we find we find poetry at kind of the extremes of life whether that's in joy or yeah. in misery or whatever, in those chaotic moments. Hmm. Um, and a poet's job, often you know, when you're writing a poem, you're trying to understand why it is that you're feeling that way and what these emotions mean, this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. or what these thoughts are. And Frost says that the poet's job is to create momentary kind of havens of refuge, kind of like rocks of truth that you can hang on to in the middle of, the raging waters of life interesting which yeah. is beautiful yeah, yeah, and yeah. i love kind of the it's almost like jordan peterson here is kind of like poking at this very scientific understanding of story mm-hmm. uh which i think is true like, i think that definition of poetry expands can expand itself to just good literature like a yeah, good absolutely. book is what is how we make sense of the mm-hmm. world in some
1: sense. yeah and i think that's sort of th- the title of that book Maps of meaning. I mean, he's talking from a from a psychological standpoint, right? Um, and so it is sort of a psychologically mapping meaning, which is otherwise very sort of uh, nebulous. Um, anyway, th- I <laughs> I would love to talk about that for just ever and ever, <laughs> but he's going to get into much more detail with that later on. So there's part of me that doesn't really want to like, yeah. get into it before we actually even get to what he means to be talking about more specifically.
0: I think it'll be interesting. I think it'd be interesting to look at that book as well. We were kind of talking about this a little bit last night as well, but looking at what the Bible claims to be versus what Mm -hmm. 12 rules of life claims to be and what maps of meaning would claim to be. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, the, the Bible is, and in the Proverbs, the Bible as a whole is, is basically saying, this is the meaning of the world. Mm -hmm. This is why this works. This is how this works. And this is how you should live your life yeah. because of it. And it's interesting. It's you know it sounds like he's working out his definition. Peterson working out his definition of psychology in some sense in his first book, Maps of Meaning. Mm. Um, so it's almost like this is how the world works, and yeah. then this is almost his. And this is how you should live in it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we can't say with full certainty we haven't read Maps of Meaning, but yeah. I think that would make sense. Um, and I, my this is almost like his book of proverbs. Yes, and I think maps of meaning.
1: My guess is that maps of meaning is much more academic, right?
0: Because yeah. twelve
1: rules is is well versed and well cited, but ultimately it's. Uh, it, it did stem from him answering questions on the internet. So it's meant to resonate with, with right. people like us. Sure. Right? Um, and I mean, maybe you've been resonated with by an, by an academic article at some point, but mm-hmm. I never really have. Um, I'm nerdy. Mm, I mean, I can be too, but the, just academic articles, I think that's not what they're intended. They're intended right. to be incredibly specific and to communicate uh, information in a sort of a foolproof manner. Um, So I think Maps of Meaning is probably a little bit less uh, philosophical than than this book is, which is probably part of why uh, it it probably skews less philosophical. And that makes it
0: skews. I notice we do. We like the word skews. Do we really? I think we. I think we. Okay, so now we're gonna have to count how many
1: times we've used
0: it. At least twice in the last episode. At At least. least twice.
1: Is that both me or have
0: you used it once? I used it at least once. All right. And now well, we now got we another know. one. In well, this now one. we know. So keep your skew counters going at home. The
1: skew counters going, <laughs> and see
0: how, see how we skew on the skews. I'm mm. guessing we skew high.
1: Mm.
0: I'm gonna stop using that word before. That was it terrible. Starts.
1: That, was, that was terrible. I hated that. <laughs> well, it's a long. <laughs> All book. right, back to the story now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Maps of meaning was sparked by Jordan's agonized awareness as a teenager growing up in the midst of the Cold War. The much of mankind seemed at the verge of blowing up the planet to defend their various identities. He felt he had to understand how it could be that people would sacrifice everything for an identity, whatever that was. And he felt he had to understand the ideologies that drove totalitarian regimes to a variant of that same behavior, killing their own citizens. In Maps of Meaning, and again in this book, one of the matters he cautions readers to be most wary of is ideology, no matter who is peddling it or to what end. Ideologies are simple ideas, disguised as science or philosophy, that purport to explain the complexity of the world and offer remedies that will perfect it. Ideologues are people who pretend they know how to make the world a better place before they've taken care of their own chaos within. The warrior identity that their ideologies gives them covers over that chaos. That's hubris, of course, and one of the most important themes of this book is set your housing order first, and Jordan provides practical advice on how to do this. Ideologies are substitutes for true knowledge, and ideologues are always dangerous when they come to power, because a simple minded I know it all approach is no match for the complexity of existence. Furthermore, when their social contraptions fail to fly, ideologues blame not themselves but all who see through their simplifications.
0: It, it, I <laughs> There's a lot to get into There's, in those. Honestly, I and think half.
1: I think to some degree we may just need to like just push through this and then we can discuss these things at a later date, because he's he's sort of touching briefly a on a forward. lot of things. It is a long forward. So we may just get to a point where we're like, alright, let's get into it. Um, but I think he's beginning to touch on the things that Peterson will actually talk about, and so I find myself continually just being like, don't, just just don't, just don't <laughs> say anything because that's, he's, t- he's, he's dipping into chapters. Um, uh, but that's, that right there is something that I was actually having a conversation with my girlfriend recently, and she said, "You really like nuance," and I was like, "Thank you, I uh-huh. I, I appreciate. I take that as a compliment." Um, and I think that is. I don't know if I've always liked nuance, or if after reading this book, I found myself liking nuance. Because, but that idea right there of avoiding being an ideologue and avoiding being uh, a simple-minded know-it-all, because it. That approach is no match for the complexity of existence. Right. I think that the complexity of existence, I think, is something that Peterson cares quite a lot about. Yeah. And I think I would describe that as, as nuance.
0: Yeah. So I think
1: nuance is very important.
0: Yeah. It's a it's an interest. That's an interesting paragraph for me. I feel like mm. in that my my intellectual defenses go, or maybe my spiritual defenses go up a little bit, mm. um, because I. Th- I think of myself as an idealist for better or for worse. Mm. Um, and I see scripture as as an ideal for better or for worse. And so now that now the Bible's kind of in some ways I think is an exception to what to what Peterson is saying because mm. the Bible is incredibly complex and nuanced. Right? Hmm. Like it's it's now if I get this wrong I I'm, I'm going to look real bad, but it's how many books are in the Bible? 66. That's what I thought. Yeah. I was scared to say 66 books of the Bible, um, which is a lot. Yeah, and they're from all different genres of of yeah. literature and poetry and, and wisdom literature. It's, it's it's got it all. Um, now a lot of people don't interpret it very well, and they definitely come to it with it's almost that like they come to it with their own ideology. Yeah. Prior and then apply it to a text in the in the Bible. Yeah and then lose all the nuance of a sure. of a scene. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think is a, is a, a maybe a difficulty of a of approach that we might or I might have at least with with Peterson is feeling feeling called out for my idealism which I f- I'm fond of. Mm. I also appreciate nuance and and complexity in an issue. Yeah. But I also like tend to think certain things and have an idealistic view of certain things. Should be simple? I don't know about should be simple, but maybe I think that there is an answer. And I think a lot of times, and I could be wrong about Peterson, hmm. but a lot of times people who say, oh, it's a complex issue are kind of, or, or, or you shouldn't have ideals hmm. are saying that because the ones that they've had haven't worked hmm. and they, they don't think that they can, hmm. you know? And which I understand. Yeah. Um, but I, I think just because you haven't seen it work somewhere doesn't mean it, that they don't exist. Yeah.
1: I. I think that part of what makes Peterson such a, um, su- such a such a fascinating character um, is that he, he he doesn't. I think part of you know. He subscribes to nuance fully, and mm-hmm. I think anyone who who just throws up their hands and says ideas and ideology is 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 a waste of time is ultimately that is in and of itself
0: an ideology. What is that? Okay, so it is the difference between an idealist and an ideologue. I think it has to
1: do with um, ignorance, willful ignorance. Okay, I think it's their because we see this all the time in our current culture is just like, I, you know, there, there are tons of people who with the social pressure that movements like black lives matter and me too are able to, uh, create. And those are, those are good movements. right. Mm-hmm. Like I think, sure. um, and I mean, yeah, that's that, that in and of itself is an example of exactly what I'm talking about, that it's like, right. as we bring those things up, it's, necessary to specify right off the Gotta bat clarify where we you think stand. That those are good things we, yeah right um but it is the sort of thing where there's a lot of people who are ide- who are adopting those identities because of the social pressure with no sort of regard for any of the repercussions it's just full forward right with no right. appreciation for nuance it's just there is there is oppression happening in this particular group of people, right. and that needs to stop at any cost. Right, and if we need to bulldoze, you know, the Constitution and mm-hmm. all sorts of other things, and right. you know, even other groups within yeah. society, that's fine because we need to account for yeah. this that has happened.
0: And I've seen people go the opposite direction. Absolutely, who said, "Oh, I, I disagree with this one." You know, they're you know they're not racist but they disagree with one element of, you know, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement and then go what, 100% the oppo- yeah, opposite no, direction just, and say this yes, can't work, yes. even though there's areas that they would agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in some sense, this this discussion, this conversation that we have uh, in in terms of the whole podcast is how do we bring like our, our scriptural ideals, yeah in line well not in line. How do we bring what we interact with in the world in line with scriptural ideals? Yeah. You know? And and there's an order to that, kinda like we were talking about last time. Yeah. Like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm. Not the fear of man. Yeah. You know, not the fear of social pressure. Not the fear of, you know, whatever, put in your yeah. put in your thing there. Um so how do we how do we interact with the world but keep our ideals? Like I think that's an important thing for us to figure out absolutely but how do we do that with new and
1: i mean this is a book of 12 ideals yeah that's and i mean they're they're sort of yeah they're not the they're sort of strange because they're not listed as stand up straight with your shoulders back is rule one and you know set your house in order is is another one that's what he mentioned earlier um so that I think there definitely is a place for ideals, and I think that Peterson would agree with that. I think the the answer to the question that we're looking for is actually sort of in the text. Um, The people who pretend they know how to make the world a better place before they've taken care of their own chaos within. The warrior identity that their ideology gives them covers over that chaos. And there's a lot of people, and maybe, you know, that's even a fascinating, like, little,
0: you know... Um, we're never going to make it through this whole book. I don't even know if we're going to make it <laughs> through the forward in the first three episodes. We may just have
1: to skip over the forward at some point because we're reading somebody else talking about Peterson. <laughs> 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 we should
0: just get to Peterson himself. Um, Though, but, Dr. Deutsch we do enjoy. We, we appreciate Deutsch.
1: Um, that m- maybe part of the reason why there's there's this massive gravitation to these very aggressive. Movements is that there are people. There's a lot of chaos right now, mm-hmm. and there yeah. are people who you know. I saw something on Twitter a couple, a couple days ago. No, I should really, I really, I've, I recognize this. Reading back over our or listening back over our first episode, I don't finish sentences all the time. It's terrible <laughs> because when I'm having a conversation with somebody, often they can sort of track with where I am and why I stopped the sentence in the middle and decided to, to take a different approach. There's a lot
0: of visual cues. But I really do need to. Gives. You think so? A lot of time, yeah.
1: Interesting. I've been told that I talk with my hands, but... Um, anyway, I need to finish sentences. So, there's a lot of chaos right now, and I think people don't necessarily think that there's reason why
0: there should be. Don't necessarily think that there's reason why there should be chaos?
1: Yes. I think that there, it feels like there's a lot of unexplainable chaos. I saw something on Twitter, yeah. and now I'm back to... The, well, I, okay, I, yeah. <laughs> I finished my sentence, and now I can move forward. Um, I saw something on Twitter that said there was... Um it was something like she woke up feeling unexplicably depressed on like day two hundred and fifty of the global oh, pandemic. It was something well, like I that. Think I was, think I I
0: think I find your explication for that. You said it was inexplicable.
1: Well that's exactly the yeah, point yeah, yeah. of the is that it it's the idea that we so quickly or there's this there and it was that, you know, the tweet was incredibly popular and people were I saw it on Instagram. I didn't even see it on Twitter. Right. So it's the sort of thing where a lot of people related heavily to it. But I think there is that idea of people feel as if why why am I why do I feel like this? Right. Um, even when so COVID does provide us with a like a legitimate reason why there should be chaos. There's yeah. a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of right. Quote unquote, unprecedented things going on. But I think that people have this feeling that there's. There's uncertainty there's unrest there's chaos for some reason and maybe just single-mindedly throwing yourself into a cause oh yeah whatever that that cause may be yeah is a coping mechanism for that and that's part mm-hmm. of what he's like denouncing basically yeah is, is so you know to answer your question you, your ideals are not the problem it's just that if you're if we're going to have ideals we need to also be looking within yeah, um, just as much.
0: Yeah, um, I think I think here might actually be an interesting moment to, to take a, a, a look at the the next little section of Proverbs. Actually. Absolutely. Take it. Away. Um, just because I was uh, as we were listening to this bit about ideology mm. and thinking about thinking about Stalin, as one does at mm. eight o'clock in the morning, as one does. Um, I was I was thinking about Proverbs chapter one, which you know you know pretty well. Um, And we've we've talked about some, (laughs) but the next section, I think, has you know, an interesting little bit to add to this particular bit of the conversation. Uh, So this is Proverbs uh, chapter one, verses eight through nineteen. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head, and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole, like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is the net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors.
1: I That's, reading that in the context of this yeah. is so fascinating. Right? Because I want to, I think this is going to be a, a trend. So, because again, Peterson is not really, he, he doesn't subscribe really to, to sin. And he actually does. He does talk about sin um as of like, like a, a cultural sense n- well he 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 has a he has a fascinating reason for talking about sin that i can't do justice without actually like reading over it again but basically because he's not he's attempting to not subscribe to any particular religious belief his the the system that he uses is order and chaos mm. and i will be so interested to see how often when proverbs is speaking about evil it means right. chaos you know what he's what he's basically he's saying it's it's a bunch of young guys just sort of like what if we let's just yeah. mess with things and i mean in this particular case he's talking about them actually they end up killing people which mm-hmm. is which is ultimate chaos but the sort of idea of don't worry about it man like we're yeah. just gonna you know we're gonna why and wait it's gonna be great we're gonna have a great time we're gonna have one person because purse. it's really not. We don't really need to figure out anything. All kind of a specific. communist, exactly Stalin ideology. And so I think it's it's really interesting. It'll be re- very interesting to see how often, when Solomon is is cautioning against something, yeah, foolishness, evil. Right. These are words the Bible doesn't really use the word
0: chaos, as far as I know. That's a Greek word. Well, I I think it does, especially in Genesis think especially yes, in, the, yes, in the creation yes. stories which oh, oh, which I, is
1: something that peter yeah again well yes yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and I, I had a thought related to some of the ideology things that we were talking about with creation but i can't remember it now oh no um we'll but, get back to it i'm sure yeah it'll, it'll come to me tonight night when i'm sleeping oh. um <laughs> but yeah it, it's interesting though hear my son your father's instruction forsake not your mother's teaching for they are graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck mm. that's like all right. Here's your ideals. Yes. Here's your education. Yes. Do you know this is this is the beginning of wisdom. Start here. Yeah. Um, or this is step two because the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. But yeah. right. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Uh, but then it it is interesting that we have this this contrast with with the wicked with the foolish, mm-hmm. um, you know who are who are saying things. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Like hey, that sounds like a good thing. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have you know. And then we will all have one purse, like we're geniuses, um, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood, for in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird, uh, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. Which is a yeah. such a great line yeah. that I don't think I've ever slowed down to appreciate, but these men lie in wait for their own blood.
1: Yes. It's very, it's very poetically, uh, poignant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This I was going to say powerful, little. but poignant is a better word. Just objectively, I also think back to sort of the um, the, the chaos element. Yeah, what does ambush the innocent without reason? Like they're they're very upfront about the fact that they're oh, literally yeah. just
0: causing chaos, right? Um yeah. which which one could argue is the abandonment of ideal. Mm, hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a yep. little bit of a there's a really understandable, I think, push against. Ideologies and mm-hmm. and um, you know crusades of any kind. Yeah, you know I think the, the understandable element of danger, especially if you're living in the twenty you know the twenty first century and you've seen all of these human manufactured ideologies that have created some terrible terrible things. And a lot of those ideologies are are fueled by misunderstandings of scripture. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's understandable, I think for us to like look at where we are in the world today and say we should if we just get rid of religion if we just get rid of you know things that we care about then yep. we, then we'll be good. But I think as we, like as we've learned even recently I think in our own like personal like relationships it's when you know it's when a thing gets tough and gets complicated that you have to like really stick to it and figure mm-hmm. it out and if you pull back from those things there's no actual growth there's just stagnation and regression. Yeah. Yep. Um so I think if we're going to I think if we're going to move further into this chaotic 21st century and yep. if we're going to solve our problems we're going to have to say okay I, I hold to these ideals. I'm yep. not a chaotic free floating postmodernist nihilist. I hold on to something. But what does it mean to hold on to that? Yeah. Um and so I think oh. And
1: that's that's why self-awareness is so so incredibly important because you know they're going to you know um, <laughs> maybe one of our three viewers will will have some <laughs> sort of you know this is like starting out on twitch this is like a throwback to my, <laughs> to my oh my freshman year um but yeah maybe one of our viewers will will say but banjo you know there are people who stay in toxic relationships there are right. definitely times when you should no,
0: that's gonna when you out. should
1: leave a relationship there are things you know that that idea of you know, just work through the hard things because that's how you be a better person. There are people that that are staying in situations where they should not be. You know, yeah. my mom was in that position for 15 years. Yeah. Um, But that's why s- by self-awareness is so important because there's, again, nuance. It's, you know, yeah. Martha Grace and I have balance. Um, it's like <laughs> a thing that we do. And now the world knows. Um, So but it's it, it's it's necessary to understand yourself and to understand um, to sort of have your own house in order yeah. before you try to enter the those situations like that because Otherwise you get so turned around and it's 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 sort of impossible right. to to uh To know whether you know, do I stay in this situation because I am I learning from this or is this just bad for me? Yeah um, And I think so that and we see that go like too far mm-hmm. all the time on Instagram stories like I Instagram stories drive me absolutely insane because they're ideologues. Like it's, it's inherently,
0: Oh yeah. And non a a nuance, less medium. It's a two second. Hey, I'm on your side. Don't, don't come at me. I bloody hate you. Right.
1: Right. It's, it's, it automatically is without nuance and just like, it's yeah, it's two seconds of, of, uh, radicalism like, Instruments, yeah the ones a, that, that two seconds
0: of radicalism that's a really good way to put it
1: <laughs> two seconds of radicalism um it's like those that's how you trend right right like have right. you seen the social dilemma i have on netflix yet. it's it's a social network i love the social network i don't know what that is
0: that's the movie about the guy who invented facebook
1: oh interesting really good which Mark Zuckerberg?
0: which actually could totally factor into these discussions and i was about to way.
1: oh yeah um well, I'd be interested. To, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that yeah. talks about. But a huge thing with the social dilemma is that what is successful is what is radical, chaos,
0: the polarizing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, and I mean, this is even you know this even goes back to Proverbs. He's saying you know, listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Heed your mother's teaching. Yeah, that's that, that's not really anything that any that any son wants to hear like that doesn't sound like that's what everyone else did it's traditional you know know, there's a degree to which every exactly it's traditional traditional. it's orderly right it's it's the way that things go yeah and i think there's a real desire to sort of undo a lot of that especially in our culture today and maybe that's where the chaos is coming from maybe that's the unexplicable chaos is that we have such a we've so embraced change and we've so thrown out tradition of any sort that we now, we're wondering why do I feel as if nothing is stable when we've taken a sledgehammer to everything that is stable?
0: Yeah, well two things with that. One is, uh, so I'm, the class that I'm going to go to after this Mm. is non-western philosophy where we're studying Mm. Confucius. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things we're talking about in that class is Confucius has this idea of something called Li. Um, which is the following observance of ritual?
1: Is that Li? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and if you follow Li, then the country—if everyone—if the—if the leader of the country follows Li and is a is a good person, basically, mm-hmm. um, and follows these traditions and orders and whatnot, then the country will fall back into into proper order. Interesting. Um, and everything will be will be good. So this is an yeah. ancient idea, and the the funny thing is, it never really worked. Um, huh. And part of that is we were discussing classes, part of that could be that Confucius himself never actually was in power. Uh, He never actually had a really good understanding of what it takes to be a leader um, in that sense. But still his words have been like taken as wisdom and used Mm. and are incredibly beneficial, I think, in their own way. The other thing that I was gonna say is um, one of those traditions I think that we've lost is rites of passage. Um, Oh, interesting. I think, I think, and I've done, I've done a little bit of reading on this and, and thought about it, that we've really lost a, a, a rite of passage, um, particularly for young men. There's not really like an initiation into manhood anymore. Yeah. And part of that contributes to uh, the little bit of a limbo that we have with men in America, I think, where we don't quite know yeah. when we're a man. And yes. when we take on some of that responsibility, yeah, 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 and so yeah, I think there is something to be said for how do we go back to tradition, even as we, I mean, we're we're Americans, we're mm-hmm. individualists. Like, mm-hmm. how do we forge our own path? Yeah, but I think there is something to be said for how do we tie that in with things that will help us know where we are in life and make yeah. you know make sense of the chaos yeah. and order.
1: Yeah, well, those are two sort of. They're both independently fascinating things, and I'm trying to like. Now my brain is trying to literally split itself in half and follow two completely different trains of thought, um, or not completely different, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, so I was actually learning about Confucius as well, twentieth century, uh, with Dr. J. Green. Um, Wonderful man. And he, I mean, he was just talking about the fact that, and uh, this is fascinating and terrifying to me that China is the most important, the most technologically advanced, and the most central culture in history. Full stop. Period. Right. That's terrifying. <laughs> right. <laughs> because what he then goes on to say, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I can I can accept that. But right. we're it now. And he's like, well, yes, for the next, like, you know, 10 right. to 15 years. And then it's going to be the story of China again when they t- overtake us economically, um, which is already beginning to happen. Yeah. Um, and I just think it, we were talking about, we were talking about Confucius. I didn't know about Li, but we were just talking about Confucianism in general. Right. And, I mean, I got to say that as far as, like, successful ideologies go confucianism has got to be up there like the chinese the chinese culture survived i mean i'm not an expert in chinese history so i'm way out on thin ice right now but as far as i can tell it survived for thousands and thousands of years basically without change yeah um and that's sort of You know i whether that's a good or a bad thing is entirely up for debate and i i'm not educated enough to even begin that but there is something to be said there's credibility that's given i think in my at least in my opinion with like the fact that it survived for that long right like we're look at us we're the you know we're the amazing united states the you know america gi joe we are looking down the hill very sharply it seems right now yeah um and it's been what 250 years well, we know, had a good run. In the grand scheme of things, we're <laughs> a drop in the pond. You yeah. Know? Like we don't even, you know, the, the British Empire almost yeah. is, is is has survived, uh, and so we had a, a, we were very potent for a time. Yeah. But I think that you know we anyway, um, and so that's just that's just an interesting thing to me. And yeah. part of that is that Confucianism is so diametrically opposed to the capitalistic, um, individualistic society that we have now. It was the sort of thing where Dr. Green asked, you know, is is this a conservative, is Confucianism a conservative or a liberal ideology? And I just sort of raised my hand and I was like, Confucianism is so far opposed that it doesn't even fit on the spectrum. Like it's just the exact conservative opposite Mm -hmm. of what... Our culture is today like right. it, it's just not even it would be it skews, so far. <laughs> it skews so far so
0: far does it skew yeah um, in the opposite direction of america mm-hmm. and i think Americans that's really abuse?
1: interesting because i you know I, I think as we begin to sort of look down this hill i think a lot of people are beginning to ask is there a fundamental problem with individualistic capitalism? Right. And and sort of this yeah. throwing out tradition. And I think that it leads into sort of your second point about loss of rights of passage and adolescence as mm-hmm. sort of this just indeterminate period of time that just, that just sort of happens.
0: Just keeps going.
1: And I mean, this is this is interesting because, you know, I mentioned earlier that there was a period of time where I attempted to stream Fortnite. I am not proud of that. I am really not proud of that. <laughs> You know, I, I think there are people out there that do not up. know
0: He's a man Do now.
1: not know that I am not proud of that period of time in my life. I am setting the record straight right now. He doesn't. That is not a, a moment streamer. in time that I look back on. It's done. Uh, for, a, for a wide variety of reasons. I actually have a decent amount of respect for Twitch streamers. I think watching Twitch can be fun. But uh, it, it was my motivations for doing it at the time and the way in which I went about doing it. I do not respect at all and I think you know so I am in. I'm sort of in that world I do have a foot in sort of the gaming and every once in a while I'll be sort of interacting with that world for whatever reason and sometimes I'll be looking to you know play in some sort of tournament by myself and I just sort of go looking for a group of people to play with yeah and it's very common for me to run into a discord which is like a community of people like Mm -hmm. an arbitrarily created community of people and a lot of times it's like 20 2 to 27 28 29 30 31 32 year old right. guys who are you know still playing video games which is you know probably that's where I will, may find myself it's a hobby I think I think it is a hobby and I think there's a place for that but I'll look through the discord and oftentimes it's very childish right Oftentimes it's sort of I'm I'm sort of taken aback by the fact that I can't tell if these guys are 21 or 31 like that entire Right spectrum. Yeah, is just there's no there's no real way yeah. other than their voices Right some of them may sound older, but the older guys. I'm not like oh you're older because you sound like you're married, right? You know and it's it's the sort of thing where I, I do It's a really interesting window into that sort of that loss of when am I a man? Yeah, what do I? What do I have to do? Uh, there's, again, it's a loss of order. It's a you can just you know just take your own path, bro. Right. Like whenever graduating college, you know, don't don't put too much on it. Like it's yeah. not too much. Get a first job. Don't
0: let other people tell you what's what.
1: Yeah, and it's but how else do we? How else how do we know? We then live? Right. You know, like yeah. Without other people telling us, you know, when we accomplish a goal or something like that, like how do we even know that we've done it? Yeah. Because the whole concept of accomplishing a goal is in and of itself a social construct. Right. Like we can't just throw out things like that. Yeah. Um, unless, without, you know, if if everyone is just doing their own thing, then we we reset society. If and we're, everyone's
0: we're, super, then nobody well, will then be. no
1: one will be. I'm trying to see, how does that translate?
0: If everyone's choosing their own path, Everyone's just running into each other. I think. Is that the, well, the
1: direction I was taking? It is that if, if we do that, then we've completely we've rejected society as a as an institution. Mm. The whole institution of society we reject, which puts us fundamentally in chaos because we're before Wait. the original creation of order. Interesting order right like i mean not the original creation of order. sure god sure, but created in, order first in but as government far as we sense. go right. as far as we go society yeah. and sort of associating with each other and sort of you know thinking about how do we do this i was reading a book recently where it was like there is no reality the only way that we know things is you know because i say are the lights on right now yeah is the video going? Yep. You know, and and I'm well, we like, okay, the video cool. is going. I thought that the lights were on right now and the video was going as well. But, you know, honestly, we both could be being deceived. That was co- sort of... Right. Like, kind
0: of a skepticism. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, it, you know, don't, you know, I'm not trying to promote that too seriously, but there is something to be said for the... We can only know things when we sort of get second and third and fourth opinions. Mm. Like, we only know that gravity is a thing because... Every human ever has said, "I feel pulled down to the ground." Oh, you do? Awesome. Okay, because I felt that way too, but I wasn't really sure. You know <laughs> so what I mean? We're all on the same page
0: with this gravity thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah exactly. Cool, 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 cool. Um,
1: and there's something to be said for that if we, if we reject tradition totally, we just reset to before that, and we're in this sort of strange place where our culture wants to be like, "Oh yeah, we're totally in this together," but don't anyone dare tell anyone what to do, except when everyone right. can tell everyone what to do. Right. And then you're not
0: allowed to talk back. Right. It's that same thing with relationships. We're in a place with our, our country where we we want to love each other. We love this idea of America. Mm. And that's, a, that's great. Do we, though? <laughs> <laughs> but we're like, okay, but we've got some hard stuff. So here's the rule. We don't fight with each other because that didn't go well the last time. So everybody just shut your mouth and uh, you know, keep moving. And just we're the best, which is not going to work because we have some really deep-seated, deep-rooted issues. Is that the perspective that you are exposed to? Genuine, genuine, genuine question. That's the perspective that I think I see a lot of the time is... That
1: America's the greatest, just keep on trucking?
0: Well, yeah.
1: Really? That's fascinating. I, I find that I see quite the opposite.
0: I mean, I, I think I would say up until recently that has been the majority... Are you talking like the last
1: 50 years?
0: Are you talking? No, I mean in my lifetime. Oh, okay. In like my personal experience. Again,
1: that's, that's, I'm not saying, I'm surprised that those people are out there, I guess. Yeah. Because I find very much the opposite. You know, this last 4th of July, there were all these people that were like, all countries matter or some sort of Mm -hmm. And I know that it, I know that it was a, it was a joke that was being made or it was a, it was a pointed. um, Jab. It was a pointed jab at at all lives matter and the idea of all lives matter versus black lives matter. Um, But I think there is sort of, and there are people that are kind of like, America's the worst. Like, why do we yeah. think we're all that? Um, America sort of, isn't
0: the greatest country in the world anymore.
1: Or, or never was. You know, I think there's a right. lot of people that, that sort of learn a bit about history and learn about the things that happened with the U.S. and the Native Americans or the U.S. Sure. and African Americans right. or U.S. and Chinese Americans, Japanese Americans. It's not there's a pretty history. Of, no, it's, it's, it's not. But I think, you know, and my personal reaction to that was actually pretty... I, I, uh, the whole all lives matter thing, I didn't really realize that it was something that was a joke until later, but also there were people that were taking it seriously. Maybe it was started as a joke, but I think it kind of got a bit of steam in its own right. And I think anyone who hasn't lived outside of the U S and seen what the rest of the world is like yeah. should be very cautious before they criticize the, 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 the uh, this country because does it have its issues? Absolutely. Is it the least tyrannical and sort of trucking minorities uh, regime that has ever been in place in world history? Also, yes. Um, Anyway, but that's just very interesting to me because a lot of what I'm exposed to is a sort of, I guess, progressive in a destructive way. Like, the U.S. is the worst despite the fact that I live
0: here. we got to get rid of our old...
1: Yeah. So that's, Buggaloos. that's, that's genuinely fascinating to me that that's the experience that you've had.
0: Yeah. That's just my, up until I would say like the last, probably up until high school, my understanding was, oh yeah. Well, probably even in a little, a little bit of past, you know, maybe sophomore, junior year, my general understanding was, yeah, we're pretty great. I mean, yeah, we got, we got our issues, but I thought, yeah, we're, everyone that I was kind of hearing was, yeah, we're we're pretty good at this. We've kind of got it. And you know, I, I didn't really grow up in a super, I've a very conservative household, very um, conservative part of the country. Mm. And so that was kind of what I was exposed to. And my, my you know, my grandparents are very, uh, even more conservative politically and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, that was just the, in the water that I was drinking. Um, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. really wasn't until I got to college that I started to have a more robust Oh yeah, we've got some we've got some problematic material going on. So how do we how do yeah. we deal with this in a yeah. more, more complex way? Absolutely. Well, I think we both have class yet to, to here. We probably we've reached the end of our time. We should probably yeah wrap this up. Thank you so much for joining us on episode yep. two. We look forward to seeing you on episode three of the Pontification Podcast. Have a good. We really got to figure out how to end an episode. I think we figured out how to start an episode, but we might not know how to. Is it the land sort of thing where? It, is it the sort of thing where it necessarily needs to be like that? I don't know. Like, can it be sort of informal? Uh, most podcasts that I've listened to have like a like a sign off like, and from hmm. Kevin and Banjo.
1: interesting right, I, mean, a- I hate that.
0: Yeah. Um, it might be worth it next time to just jump right into.